0: The new AM740.
1: The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can also listen into us on 96.7 FM. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. My co-host, Naz Marchese, unfortunately uh, a little bit under the weather, couldn't make it in this morning. What, Naz, I know you're at home listening. I hope you're doing well and uh, get back here as soon as you can. And uh, joining me in studio, a uh, return uh, repeat performance the Naz and Wally Sports, our former Toronto Maple Leaf and uh, local uh, Toronto hockey legend, quotation marks. In my own mind. In his own mind. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, Lou. Uh, uh, we always have a good time when you're in, and we've missed you. And uh, it's good to have you back this morning. Thanks for joining us on such short notice. Well, thank you. It's it's been a while. I know I've been in. You, you uh, must be incarcerated <laughs> for those you number must, of weeks. <laughs> you must be. You must have a lot of anger, pent up aggression. That you, yeah, I know you've been you've been calling me off and on, uh, giving me your opinions, and you certainly are tremendously opinionated when it comes to all things sports. And we're certainly going to. Uh, delve into some of those strong opinions this morning, but I just want to give the listeners an idea what uh, what, how this show is shaping up. Uh, Of course, there's an incredible event going on right now over on the other side of the pond, which is, of course, the finals of Wimbledon and Milos Raonic uh, uh, trying to become the first uh, Canadian ever to win a major title in, in singles title. Uh, In tennis and it's certainly a huge day for tennis and there's a huge tennis tournament coming up in Toronto in the next few few weeks that of course is the Rogers Cup and the men are in town this year and we'll be talking to after the first break we'll be talking to Carl Hale who is the Rogers Cup tournament director and also a uh, an accomplished tennis player in his own right Carl Hale will be talking all things tennis right after the first break. And to our listeners, listen closely. We've got some great, great prizes to give away today. Um, of course, our, our, our main sponsor, our loyal sponsor has been Pizzaville, and uh, they are a major sponsor of the Rogers Cup. And we'll be giving away today, uh, we'll be taking your calls after the first break. I'll be giving out the numbers then, taking your calls, giving away a couple of passes to the Rogers Cup uh, by day, for today we'll be giving away passes for the Monday sessions and um, and also $25 gift coupon from Pizzaville comes with that. They're great prizes. We've given them away in previous years. Uh, great day at the Rogers Cup at the Tennis Center up at York University. And at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be working on your golf game, Lou Franceschetti. Uh, we'll see if we can bring your game up to speed. We'll be talking to Sean Clement, a friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, how is your game these days, Lou? You know what, it's,
3: it, it's not too bad. I'm striking the ball well. I'm just not consistent enough to to score well.
2: And, uh, of course, the other big, a uh, lot of big events today in the sports world. Canada is fighting for a basketball spot in the Rio Olympics, and uh, they're taking on France, I guess, as we speak the winner of that game goes to Rio, so uh, to the boys in red and white, let's go. Let's go, and uh, big soccer game this afternoon, so a lot of things happening this Sunday, Lou, uh, big soccer game this afternoon, the final of the Euro, France and Portugal, not necessarily the teams we would have liked to see in the uh, in the final, but... Uh, uh, of course, we're both uh, passionate Azzurri fans. Are you an Azzurri fan, Lou Franceschetti? Yes, I am. Okay, so we weren't. Uh, neither one of us was too thrilled about the result on on Monday, and uh, I, I found it uh, the ending to that game to be a little bit bizarre. I don't want to go into it too much because it's almost ancient history. But that uh, that penalty taking by uh, by Zaza was. Uh, was one of a kind. Uh, You know, they talk about the yips in golf. That's the first time I've ever seen a soccer player have the yips. Have you ever seen anything like that one, Luke?
3: Well, you know, for me, and I can't put it any more bluntly, it was appalling to to, to watch professional athletes at their stature miss the shots that they did. I watched the eighty. The 94 uh, World Cup um, in Pasadena, California, when Roberto Baggio missed his shot for Brazil to go on and win it. But these guys, it was just, we're talking Mueller, we're talking, they bring in Zaza, or Zara, whatever his last name is, in the last four minutes of, uh, of play, just to use him, uh, and he does a little two-step and then he fires the ball.
2: It was does, alert. Doesn't
3: does even know what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mueller more or less tries to aim it in the corner, and Buffon just reads him perfectly. And the other guys that shot the ball over is, you know, if, I guess for professional soccer players, it was tough for me to to accept uh, penalty shots, and, and as bad as they did. Uh, whether the Italians deserved the win or not uh, at that time, we don't know, because they were they were both bad, but. Uh, you no, know, the talents played as hard as they could at the, with the lineup that they had, and they
2: they stuck with Germany uh, for as long as they could. Yeah, Germany. Yeah, I I thought Germany outplayed them, and going going to the Germany France game, um, you know, one I wouldn't call it a silly call. It wasn't a silly call. It was a call made in accordance with the rules of soccer. Uh, you know, referees have a certain discretion in in those situations, but uh, the uh, of course the German player Schweinsteiger. Uh, in injury time at the end of the first half, um, went up to head a ball in his in his hand. I, I think he was trying to brace himself or whatever, and the ball hit his hand, and that I call it a silly little play, changed the entire course of that game. Uh, Germany was dominating France in that first half, and uh, they had you know almost seventy percent possession and. Uh, you know just changed the entire course of that game so uh but let looking forward to today you know you know Italy Germany um Germany France is in the past but today is i guess they're calling it the opportunity for ronaldo to cement his legacy in soccer history if that's if that's possible uh he's taken his portuguese team to the final, and, uh, you know, they always evaluate, you know, in hockey, they evaluate hockey players, have you won a cup? In soccer, have you won something for your country? And the two most prominent soccer players in the world, neither one of them has. Uh, certainly Messi with Argentina. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times he's got to lose on penalties uh, in in the Copa America um, certainly hasn't you know lost in the world cup final in extra time to germany uh messi who i consider the greatest player of this generation ronaldo certainly uh incredibly skilled soccer player playing for a soccer nation portugal which perhaps is not one of the elite teams in the world uh so it's certainly unfair to i think to criticize ronaldo for not leading his team to any national glory but uh if he does it today he will go down perhaps uh in my eyes anyways raised to the level of messi although other astute soccer observers think that uh, ronaldo is uh, in a class with messi or perhaps even better your thoughts on on the messi ronaldo and uh, what uh, uh what this means for ronaldo today in his in his Uh, legacy in soccer well I I think they are
3: probably uh, the two top natural goal scorers I would say in 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 soccer history Uh, the things that they can do uh, when the teams are indeed and it's really tough for Ronaldo because he's more or less he's tried to pick up that whole Portuguese team and put on his back they know that if he doesn't score and he doesn't play well this Portuguese team doesn't have no no chance of, of competing at any level uh, and he's tried to do as much as he possibly can. He is really, uh, the, the main focus for other teams is really to stop him because he doesn't have a backing uh, of any other core players. Messi, you know, what else can you say about this kid? It, it's, it's just unbelievable. The the artistry, uh, the, the stuff that he can do, this feeding the ball together. Uh, unfortunately for him again, uh, I think he's got a little bit more better players behind him in Argentina to, to carry him to that uh the epitome of, of the world cup and it just goes to show you that teams win it individuals don't it's plain and simple there's very very few individuals that can carry a whole nation on their back for for a matter of uh three four weeks Paolo rossi did it for for two games against germany uh back in 1982 when, when he carried more or less uh, a team that was down uh and lifted this whole city down, up and uh down in Saint-Clair because I was part of it and also in, in 2006 uh, a team that again it's a team because they didn't score any goals in in the round robin and they ended up beating France in the uh in the, in the final. final.
2: Yeah, certainly uh there's no question this a, and no question that soccer is a team game and uh should be a fascinating final. I really like that little French player Griezmann. Uh he's 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 really really fun to watch. He's uh uh, a dynamite, uh, a dynamite. Uh, call him little player only in physical stature, but uh, he's an absolute treat to watch. So, uh, I'm a huge soccer fan. Really looking forward to the Euro final. We've got to go to break. Uh, just a couple announcements before the we break. We're going to be back with with Carl Hale, the tournament director uh, at the Rogers Cup, the tennis tournament in Toronto. And when we come right back from the break, we'll be giving out some phone numbers. Get your fingers by the dial and we will be giving away a couple of passes to the Rogers Cup in Toronto coming up
4: in the next several weeks. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville became the official pizza of the Rogers Cup, presented by National Bank. Order from Pizzaville before July 17th and you'll have a chance to win one of six pairs of front row seats to Championship Weekend. We're the official pizza because Pizzaville pizza is like a hard serve. It's so good, you can't return it. Booyah! Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636, not pound 3636. There's an old saying.
5: Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice.
0: Call 905 266 3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've
6: worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the Number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
1: They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We'll be having shortly on the line Carl Hale, who is the head... uh Head rackets professional at the NOLDA Club and also the tournament director for the Rogers Cup tennis tournament coming up in Toronto. And just before we go to him, as I announced previous to the break, we want to give away some passes, some passes to the Rogers Cup in Toronto. We've got two we're giving away today and we'll be giving them away in the next couple of weeks on Sundays as well. Uh, We're giving away passes to the day session on Monday, July 25th and also to the evening session on Monday, July 25th, the Rogers Cup. They're great, great passes. We've given them away before. The people that we've sent have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed their day at the Tennis Center. And the numbers are, really quickly, 416 360 740 740 4740 Give them out really quickly. Once again, call in. You can win those passes. 416 416- Three six zero zero seven four zero, one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. We're pleased to welcome to the Nazimwali Sports Hour, Car- Carl Hale, the tournament director at the Rogers Cup. Good morning, Car- Carl. How are you?
7: Morning. It's uh, what an exciting day we have here with uh, Milo starting off well in this match.
2: You know what? We're in studio here. Unfortunately we don't have a TV uh, in our studio and I know to all our listeners, if you're not watching uh, it's on TV right now. Milos and Andy Murray. Give us a little update on that one, Carl.
7: Well, uh, Milos started off really strong. He's serving first. He held serve uh, pretty easily the first game and then uh, played a pretty good second game but Andy took that. Um, So they're on serve but uh, Milos, a good start for him and and it's an epic match with a great server in Milos versus a great returner in Andy.
2: And we're talking, of course, to Carl Hale. And Carl, thank you so much for joining us. I know that your uh, your attention span is probably somewhere else this morning, so we'll try and keep you as little as we can so you can. Hopefully you're you're watching and talking at the same time. Uh, yeah, I am with about 200 other people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fantastic. Rogers Cup tournament coming up. This, uh, the events of this week and, and the uh, accomplishments of Milos, and especially even if he goes on, I mean, he's accomplished quite a bit already. But if he wins today, what does that mean for you guys? Uh, Rogers Cup starting July 23rd in Toronto, the men. And, uh, and what is that, uh, the interest for this particular one must be going through the roof?
7: Well, I, like yesterday, we had a record sales day for a Saturday on Wimbledon. Uh, Due in large part, obviously, to Milos, um, and our, uh, our sales have just been tremendous since the start of Wimbledon because of him, and, you know, it's actually started since he made that run at Australian Open about four or five years ago, so he's had a tremendous impact on tennis sales at the Rogers Cup and tennis in Canada, as well as Jeannie herself, too.
2: Uh talking to Carl Hale. Uh, Carl, you're also, uh, just so our listeners know, you're an accomplished tennis player as well. You played competitive uh, tennis as a player coach in the Davis Cup for your uh, home country of Jamaica. You're also at one time ranked the world number one over 40 player and the Fed Cup coach in Canada. So you certainly understand tennis. Um, what's the difference in Milos' game?
1: Well,
7: I think uh, he has more variety in his game now than he did four years ago. So his return of serve is much better. He gets more balls in play from the ground. He's physically, he's moving better. He's got more variety. He slices his backhand more. He's coming to the net more. So it's taken a long time but, and a lot of work. But he's committed player, and he's made the, the strides to, to get here. And that's why he's in the finals of Wimbledon today and has a chance to win it and make tennis history.
2: Uh, we're talking to Carl Hale, the uh, Rogers Cup Tournament Director. And uh, Carl, uh, big tournament coming up. Uh, and just so you know, in studio with me this morning, my co-host is former Toronto Maple Leaf player Lou Franceschetti, who's joined us this morning as a co-host. And he claims to know a little bit about tennis, and he's w- wagging his little finger at me. So uh, I'm, I'm going to subject you to uh, to a conversation with Lou Franceschetti.
3: Carl, good morning.
2: Morning. I remember watching you. Oh. <laughs>
3: uh, listen, has, has John McEnroe uh, jumping on board, has it changed uh, Milos' game that much? And has he added a little bit of John McEnroe personality in his game? Because I remember growing up watching John McEnroe uh, play and the feisty little North, uh, Long Islander that he was and watching Milos the last couple of years, knowing that he's got... Two or three parts of the game to compete at the top level. We all know that it was it's uh, Djokovic. We know it's Murray. It's Federer. Uh, Wawrinka is is coming to the top four or five now. Has Milos' game changed that much with with John jumping on board?
7: I think I think you'll appreciate my thought. Is you know even though these are great athletes, they're very sensitive and they still have some doubt in their minds from time to time, or or more often than than people think. And I think what John has done for Milos is said, listen, you're a favorite to win this tournament. You have the best serve in the world. You're a great athlete. You're 26-year-old. This is your time to win this tournament. And when a, a tennis great gets on board and, and starts telling you that, it kind of puts you over the edge in belief, and you have more confidence when you walk out on the court. So what I've noticed is just his demeanor when he's on court, he's he just more confident. He doesn't have those. Valleys in his matches that he did before, when he used to get down on himself after missing a couple serves or missing a couple shots, he would play a bad game or two. Where now he's really, really solid throughout the match. So I think that's the area that John has helped him the most. Uh,
2: Of course, uh, Carl, we have uh, turning uh, turning over a little bit here to what's coming up in Toronto, and I know you're uh, you're the tournament director. So uh, the Rogers Cup in Toronto, the men this year. Uh, and it's and it's it's probably uh, uh, unfair to call it a tennis tournament. It's a tennis event, really. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the the week uh, when the when the men come into Toronto and all the events that uh, go along with it, and uh, what kind of a week is shaping up. I know last year, if I'm not mistaken, you had a ball hockey tournament. Uh, and if I just want to put in a good word in for my friend Lou Franceschetti here. Uh, if, you, if you're having the ball hockey tournament today, he's, he's already volunteered for it but tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the Rogers Cup, The what's happening the entire week.
7: Well, one of the differences with our event is fans come on site for an average of six hours um, so they enjoy the tenants. that's the primary reason they're, they're there at our site, but also we have a lot of different activities on site that the fans can uh, participate in, you know, we have mini tennis, we have auctions, we have a ball hockey game on Sunday the 24th, which is our family weekend. Lou, you're invited to play that. We have Connor McDavid, Tyler Sagan, Jason Spez already signed up. Plus, Are
2: you sure you play. want Lou?
7: I do. I <laughs> okay. really do want Lou. Um, who doesn't want Lou? Everybody, loves Everybody Lou. wants Lou. So uh, we have that on the 24th on our free family weekend, which is great for kids. Uh, this year, we have Cirque du Soleil on the grounds that are going to be performing throughout the week doing different acts. So we have a variety of different activities to keep the fans interested and on-site and
2: enjoy their day of tennis. And uh, just, you know, I mean, it, it is, uh, was you know, our 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 big sponsor here is Pizzaville, and they've been big sponsors of the Rogers Cup, and they... I, they always invite me, and I always, I always, uh, I always have a great time at the event. It's, it, it's certainly, uh, certainly to our listeners, I highly recommend it, and uh, give you the opportunity, Kevin. I'm sure that there's a lot of our listeners would like to know. Uh, I presume tickets are still available. If they want to get tickets, how do they go about doing it?
7: Uh, go to RogersCup.com. Tickets are still available. One of the unique things about our event is that you know, for $25, you can sit up front, front row, watching some of the greatest tennis players in the world on our grandstand or outdoor courts. We also have a, a bracket challenge this year. So if you pick every single match correctly from day one through the whole draw, there's a prize of a million dollars. So that's unique this year. So come on out and enjoy the tennis, and uh, we look forward to seeing Lou at Ball Hockey.
3: Carl, what do I need to bring? Uh... And <laughs>
7: I guess that's all I need,
3: right?
2: <laughs> bring a yeah. pair of running shoes, Lou. You know. Okay. Anyways, Carl, I know we won't won't keep you much longer, just a couple of more minutes. I know this is a huge day for you and a huge day for Canadian tenants. But I do want our listeners to know uh, a little bit more about Carl Hale. You're just not just a head professional at Donalda. You're just not a tournament director. Uh, Carl Hale does tremendous philanthropic work, and you raise a lot of money for a lot of really great causes. One of those causes is Helping Hands Jamaica Foundation. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about your cause and the great work that you're doing.
7: Well, it's it's actually my my biggest passion because I'm Jamaican born, and uh, I go back to Jamaica very often. So ten years ago, I started a charity building schools in Jamaica, and uh, the pinna- pinnacle of of that accomplishment for me was in February we built a school with Serena, who's become a very close friend. Um, we built one with her in in February in. Uh, in Montego Bay, Jamaica. We're building another one with her in, in November, and we built one with Donovan Bailey a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's, it does a tremendous amount for the, the kids in these communities who really need to help to uplift their lives and push them forward onto bigger and better things. Because, As you know, Canada is such a great country, and we have so much here. It's just nice to share with others that are in need.
2: Listen, Carl, I know how important this day is for you, Uh, And I can only convey on behalf of our show here our sincere uh, gratitude for you taking the time for us this morning. Uh, And we're going to let you get back to uh, enjoying the uh, festivities. And uh, we wish you a great Rogers Cup tournament. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you. Greatly appreciate the time. Go, Milos, and look forward to seeing everybody at the Rogers Cup this summer.
2: We'll certainly be there. Thanks so much, Carl. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. That of course was uh, Carl Hale, uh, the tournament director for the Rogers Cup. Uh, we talked a little bit about Milos. It really, uh, and uh, we got you an invitation for the ball hockey tournament, Lou. See, uh, hey, listen, I am in the ball hockey. You should hall of hire fame. me as your agent. I am in the ball hockey hall of fame, <laughs> and 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 I I do acknowledge so that. I, so I do I, fit in with. Mr. McDavid so our and, and Tyler
3: Sagan. Yeah, you, you do uh, so. fit
2: in. I, uh, I just uh, Lou and I go back a long way, and uh, I we both played a little bit of Biden. My co-host Naz Marchese. Naz, I know you're listening. I got to give you a little plug too. Um, we uh, we played ball hockey in the wars of the late 1970s, and of course. Uh, uh, I don't know if I hate to admit it, but I have to admit that you were a pretty good ball hockey player, Lou. And uh, and our listeners, uh, he was actually a great hot ball hockey player. And he is in the Ball Hockey Hall of Fame. And that, that may sound like something silly, uh, but ball hockey uh, at that competitive level was a very, very... I don't know what it's like today, but when we played it, it was extremely competitive. Uh, it, you found all kinds of... Uh, uh, Guys that played uh, that played pro, that played uh college hockey, that played major junior A hockey, that played in the leagues. I mean, I remember playing against Bruce Boudreaux, Tom McCarthy, Rick Five, uh Michael Fuda. Mike Fuda. You know, there it was it was it was good hockey. Uh it it really was. And uh, you came through that and you played in a couple of Ontario championship teams of Canadian championships, Daltz Honda.
3: I won two Canadians, I won uh, yeah. uh, two Ontarios, a couple of, couple of Toronto's, which is probably the toughest battle of all of them. Yep. Uh, but but again. And you were uh, good. I you know will what, admit it, you were a good player. That's where I owned my skills. That's where I started playing ball uh, ice hockey. Well, yep. started playing hockey, period. You know, we were kids, uh, seven, eight years old, and we had nothing better to do instead of uh, went out and picked up some hockey sticks and, and played ball hockey in the, in the yard. And we did that from the time we got home from school. We went home for lunch and or dinner, and right after dinner, we'd be back out there until 9 o'clock, yeah. and the studies uh, paid for it. But you know at what? the end of the day, we had a lot of fun, uh, and we did it probably 12 months a year. We played ball hockey in the summer. We played in the winter. Uh, we played a little bit of baseball. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think has lacked over the last 10 or 15 years. The kids nowadays, it's strictly ice hockey. They're on the ice, I don't know how many hours a, a week, even during the summer, instead of going out and just enjoying time with their friends, playing ball hockey, where they can do things that they can't do on the ice, they can, you know, get themselves in shape. They can work on their hands. Right. It's just so many things that uh, have helped myself and a lot of other guys uh, pick up the game.
2: Yeah, you know, you you uh, you push the conversation to an area that we've talked about uh, uh, briefly on the show in the past, and you know, you make an incredibly good point. Um, uh, the how hockey has become, if you want to make it in hockey, it's become almost all ice hockey. It's, all, it's become all-consuming in the sense it's 12 months a year. And kids are going like five days, seven days a week during the summertime. They don't play anything else. And I, I can't remember how many times I've seen Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky interviewed, especially Wayne Gretzky. And Gretzky never played hockey in the summertime. I played baseball. Yeah, greatest greatest hockey player of all time in some people's minds. Uh, although I, I lean towards Bobby Orr, but you know Bobby Orr is of the same opinion. Uh, they never played hockey in the summertime. Um, and Gre- Gretzky would tell you it's you need to develop other skills. There's other ways of developing hand-eye coordination. There's other ways of developing reaction time. There's other muscles that get developed if you don't play hockey and. Uh, we played ball hockey. We yeah. played ball hockey it, in summer, and it wasn't, you know, people have this uh, this concept that it, like it's street hockey. This was highly organized. We were in rinks with referees, with uniforms, and with schedules, and with playdowns, and with pressure and contact, on- contact, and Ontario finals and uh, uh, Canadian finals, and uh, highly, highly competitive. Um, and uh, and you, uh, yeah, you were a good hockey player, Lou. You were a good ball hockey player. But if I don't think we ever matched up together in the same arena at the same time. If we did, you wouldn't have got within three feet of me. I would have been you're, way, you're, I would have been way I would have been way too quick for you. You're you're probably right. <laughs> but I <would've>, I... <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, hopefully, our our listeners get an opportunity to watch some of the tennis uh, as we talk. And I know Lou, you've been away for a while, and you've got a couple of things on your mind. That uh, we've been chatting with about off the air, and uh, hockey-wise, you're a, you're a, you're a hockey puck. Um, uh, You've got some strong opinions on the free agent frenzy. You've got some strong opinions on Steve Stamkos not coming to Toronto, Mr. Franceschetti. This is your opportunity to get it all off your chest.
3: Well, I just think there's there's a lot of money and a lot of term. Uh, more or less terms and money uh, that was thrown around on July 1st. Uh, do the players deserve it? I guess in the long run, they, they probably do for, for past uh, performance. But it, it just comes down to uh, these players right now. It, it's just, they're, It's you know, I, I can't even describe uh, what they're going through uh, making that kind of money. Some of them deserve it. Uh, most of the money is up front now. It's, it's all in signing bonuses, so it helps both teams. The, the players get what they want up front. The, the, the teams uh, at the tail end of their uh, terms, uh, they can get rid of them for nothing, but it's always the, the cap hit. You look at the player, you know, you look at uh, Lucic. You look at players like that that are getting six, seven years at, at $42 million. It, It's just mind-boggling. Casey Kazikas, uh getting five years at $42 uh, million. Twenty-five million. You're looking at the, the kid that uh, that the Leaf uh, just signed from the Islanders. And listen, you're going to hear this first. The Matt Martin. The fans will love Matt Martin in this town. Why? It's just he brings. What do you like?
2: What do you like about Matt Martin?
3: He brings an element to the game that we have never had since I left here. Okay, <laughs> and that means hit anything that moves.
2: Is that what you did when you played? Did you hit everything that I, moved? Well, not I, as I, much as I, not as much as Wendell. Because uh, is <laughs> any of your material on YouTube? By by the way, do I have to go research it this week? What's on there? Uh, were you? Would you turtle when when Neely jumped you? Or I read, did like, turtle. I, I have did you ever, turtle. Have, you ever, have you ever YouTubed yourself? Uh, a couple I, I of gotta, times, gotta, and I, I just kind of I, shake I my I head. Wait lot, till the show's lot, is over so I can you know? YouTube you. I want to I uh, see some I, of the uh, top 10 Franceschetti uh, fights of all time. Has laughed, anybody put uh, that together?
3: I, I have laughed at a lot of those fights because I can't remember doing them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe it's that
3: concussion syndrome. But anyway, it's it's just it's great for the players. I'm not sure if it's great for the game, and
2: uh, uh, we'll see where these players you are. You mean the, uh, the money that they're throwing around? Yeah. Uh, 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 you know what? My, my take has, has always been on this, uh, on, and it's not a question of whether they deserve it or not. That's irrelevant. It's, you know, as well as I do, you, you got paid when you played, you didn't care whether you deserved it or not. You probably thought you were worth more, you know, maybe you were, but, uh, deserving has got nothing to do with it. It's just, it's just a business contract and you got, and you got billionaire owners that got a lot of money and big egos and big egos and they got, they have a lot of money. And if they're willing to pay you, take it, you take it. Yep. And you negotiate every last dime you can squeeze out of them, yeah, because, because you, know, you don't know when the next check's coming, yeah. right? You don't know who's going to take your job next year. You don't mm-hmm. know what knee you're going to uh, you're going to tear up. So you know what? God bless the players. Squeeze every last dime you can out of those owners. That's talking from a well-talked lawyer. <laughs> well. I have a, I have an interesting career as a player agent. By your, this this negotiation I made for you, t- you today for this ball hockey thing, you know I, I expect I expect my commission check tomorrow on okay. that one. That's my second repeat performance as a as uh, a player agent.
3: I, I really like the PK Subban deal for both teams. Uh, I was, that was the next
2: question I was going to ask you because I wanted to get, I wanted to get over to that because uh, you know Naz and I talked about it at length. Last, was I don't remember if it was last Sunday or the Sunday before. It was, must have been last Sunday, right? Uh, this is Zoomer radio. The 60-year-old brain doesn't work the same way it used to. I think it was last Sunday. Anyways, we talked about Subban and Shea Weber. Uh, we talked about Taylor Hall, and uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that went the other way. What was his name again? Art Larson. Larson, okay. Okay, Lou, you're, you're, you've got some uh, some hot opinions about hockey talent. And you say the P.K. Subban and the Shea Weber deal was a good deal for both teams? I think it was a good trade for
3: both teams. Uh, One is uh, getting Subban out of Montreal um, at at those terms was a great deal for for Mark Bergevin, only because we all grew up knowing the Montreal tradition with the Montreal Canadian logo. P.K. Subban is a marketing tool in himself. It's all about P.K. Subban. Uh, He's very polarizing. You notice in the last couple of months of the season there uh, where he tried to be a one-man show and he lost a few of the games uh, on his own for overcarrying the puck through a neutral zone. And Mark Bergevin, uh, not Mark Bergevin, but uh, Gilles Therion uh, uh, jumped all over him for it and then he backed off on it. And you can see it as the year wore on, it was starting to wear thin on both Mark and on uh, Ontarian. So for him going to Nashville where hockey is... It's on the map, but it's not forefront like the Montreal uh, uh, Canadiens are in the National Hockey League. And Weber coming the other way. I know the contract has a lot to do with it. He's got nine years. But I want to look at the next four years and the four years that Subban has in Nashville. And let's see where where both franchises and both players are. Because Sean Weber is going to – or Shea Weber is going to give the Montreal Canadiens the little element that – PK didn't have, yeah. and that was if you stand in front of the net, you're going to pay the price. The little fear that you go into the court. I don't think PK could give anybody a little bit of fear because he didn't have that personality in him. He's got the other personality that can lift the crowd out of their seats because he's that much...
2: He's dynamic. Uh,
3: he's a dynamic offensive player. Shea Weber is a not a dynamic, but he is an offensive player that can lift the, the Montreal fans out of their seats, but he can also... Also give him the, the, big, the big hit, the, the intangibles that P.K. doesn't have. And the, the most important thing that I look at is that Mike Babcock is the coach of Team Canada. Why does he leave P.K. Subban <laughs> off? And why does he pick Shea, Berber, Shea Weber as one of his top two or three defensemen? That says a lot for me because Shea Weber can adapt to any kind of game plan that Mike Babcock uh, can put in where PK Surban is more or less a trial and error. He'll he's, put, he's more yeah, risk reward. Yes. It's high risk and high reward yeah. with PK. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it, that'll be perfect
2: for Nashville. Yeah. Naz and I talked about it. And, you know, um, we, we thought Montreal, I mean, uh, Bergeron got criticized. Like I've never seen a general manager criticized before for that deal. And Nas and I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, a, a lot of it had to do with the fact that PK is such a star. He's got that magnetic personality. Yeah. Well, look okay. at the clothing he comes to the games with. He's got, he's got that magnetic personality. Why would you want to ship him out of town? Um, and he's four years younger. But I look at it as a hockey trade. And I look at it from two perspectives. Um... Some of the brightest hockey minds in the world—Mike Babcock, Steve Eiserman, uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, Ken Hitchcock— whoever, wh- whoever's on that brain trust of Team Canada—Subban's not on this team. Coming in September, end of August, they didn't—they f- didn't see him as a part of that team. That—that that speaks volumes. Well, okay. And yeah. the other issue is. I look at it from Carey Price's perspective. If I'm Carey Price, uh, and I obviously nobody asked him the question, and he's not on the record, but if I'm Carey Price, I'm happy. Aren't you? Oh, like I said, he's got the intangibles that Subban doesn't
3: have. It's great to be the offensive player and the player that, that uh, P.K. Subban is. But I want a guy that's going to make the guys pay the price in front of the net. I want somebody that goes in the corner and knowing is going to live the fear of God. You talk to Andrew Shaw there. He says this is going to be great being on the same team with him because I knew when I would play against him in that division with Chicago and uh, and Nashville, He'd break my ribs, and I think he even actually said that he, he cracked a few of uh,
2: Andrew Shaw's ribs We're just talk, standing in front of the net. Talking to Lou Franceschetti. Lou, just before we go to break, the other big story in Toronto, you know, it's, it's a little bit over now, but I do want to get your perspective on it and your analysis of it. Um, Steve Stamkos ended up not coming to Toronto. He ended up going back to Tampa Bay for money that he could have got probably about a year ago. Your analysis. Why is Steve Stamkos not a Toronto Maple Leaf today. One, he's comfortable. Two,
3: he thinks that the Tampa Bay franchise is so much farther ahead than the Toronto Maple Leaf franchise is and closer to winning a Stanley Cup. And
2: that is his ultimate goal. Gotta ask you, in all the times that you negotiated either with uh, Washington, Buffalo Sabres or Toronto Maple Leafs, did they uh, they send the mayor in to try and negotiate with you? Or the head of some major Fortune 500 company? No, I think I had part of the mafia at <laughs> Anyways, that time in the negotiation. Not, not to be flippant, but uh, that's what the Leafs did. What do you think about that strategy? Well, I, I guess you had to throw everything you had. You know,
3: they they threw the CEO of Canadian Tire. Yeah. Uh, John Tory was there. Uh, you look at the uh, you look at basketball. You look at Kevin Durant and all the stories that you hear on all the people that went for Kevin to go to uh, Golden State. You got Jerry West. You got it's just an unbelievable amount of players and, and personalities that try to talk to Kevin Durant to come to Golden State instead of either staying in Oak City or going to uh, what was the other team San Antonio. So it's it's a ploy, and if it can get into your mind, it's great. But at the end of the day, we'll see what they do next year. They they have to play the game. Are they the heavy favorites? Yes, they are the heavy favorites to win the uh, the NBA championship next year. But at the end of the day. Will they? Uh, Because they still have to go through San Antonio. And with Stephen Stamkos, uh, they are closer. But look how well they did without him. Is he going to be the missing key? And can you sign Kucherov? Bishop is out the door. Uh, Can they sign Kalorian? And Ryan uh, and Johnson is going to be is coming up in
2: probably two years. Anyways, you're listening to the Nazanwali Wally Sports Hour. Uh, we'll be right back after the break. Go, Milos, go. Go, Canada, go. Hope you're both doing well. We'll be right back.
4: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party pizza special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all in just 24 hours? 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus 6 Pepsi for 24.
1: Can you finish it?
4: Go to pizzaville.ca for
1: details.
0: Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey.
6: This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's
5: an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabond Carly, the intelligent choice.
1: There are two ways to argue sports with these guys and none of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I just want to announce the... Winners of our Pizzaville Rogers Cup tickets uh, winning the Monday sessions are Judy Watkin, Judy Watkin and Kathy Dennis. Congratulations. We will be contacting you to make arrangements to get those tickets in your hands. It will be a great event. I can assure you, you will enjoy yourselves. Uh, we have A few minutes left. Uh, joining us this morning, uh, Sean Clement. Sean, of course, is our resident golf uh, guru. You can find Sean at wisdomingolf.com, the world's greatest internet golf teacher, one of Canada's great golf teachers, some fabulous material on YouTube at Sean Clement. Good morning, Sean. How are you?
8: Morning, guys. Awesome.
2: Great. Uh, I don't think I Lou tells me that he still hasn't uh still hasn't come in to see you to improve his golf game and uh, his game certainly needs help from what I've been told. But Sean well, this morning we're going to talk about predicting your shots on the course. Yes sir. Uh when you're standing over the ball what should somebody be thinking? What should they be con- concentrating on? How well, a guy well, like Franceschetti with all of his physical gifts and tools <laughs> how can we uh how can we make what 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 can we tell him what he should be thinking about when he's addressing the ball?
8: Well this is what's so exciting about uh our teaching at our academy today uh, Walter and uh you know it's I can't wait to get up in the morning to go to work because the, the pleasure of seeing somebody's face when they realize, Oh my gosh, I can actually predict what's going to happen. And I can organize my thoughts in a way where I can predict an amazing shot about to happen. If you're looking down at the ball and all you feel is hope and fear, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's no fun playing that way. And, uh, you know, you're looking for that, uh, that magic position and all that stuff, and, and obviously that's never going to work. I mean, that's why we're, we're, we're having so much trouble in, uh, in the industry right now, keeping golfers, because everybody's so darn frustrated. But it, it predicting the shot, when you're looking down at the ball, you should see where you want your ball to go in your mind, right? So you don't have to look at the target. You don't have to have your eyes on the target to know where it is. You, you look up, you look back down at the ball, you see in your mind where you want the ball to go, and then you need to know what the tool is designed to do. And you remember in previous shows, we talked about how the sole of the club is a grass-cutting tool. So if you're, if you're cutting through the dandelion stem toward the target, the club face will collect it and put the ball in the air. So then it's just a matter of predicting, okay, if I close the face 20 degrees, and I cut through the stem with that face the way it is. Does it feel like the ball is going to curve in the direction that I want it to curve in the air towards my target? So uh, we, we, we show the student when, when they're in that moment of truth what needs to happen mentally and what needs to happen in, in the predictive process for the shot to come off. And it's really actually easy to do.
2: We're talking to Sean Clement. Sean Clement, of course, one of the world's great uh, great Internet uh, golf teachers, got students all over the world. Sean, we've got the Canadian Open coming up. We've got the sure. Open Championship coming up. Um, you know, we've got some young, fabulous golfers in the world today uh, on the men's side and on the women's side, of course, as well. They're at the U.S. Women's Open this week. But uh, men, who impresses you? What? Uh, who impresses you amongst the top, the top well, golfers in the world. Well, I tell you, that,
8: that four-iron Phil Nicholson hit yesterday over 300 yards uh, on, <laughs> on that par four was pretty impressive. <laughs> Not bad for Lefty. He's still got it in him. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the shot-making, so the, the guy who has the most shots in, in his back pocket. What does that mean,
2: Sean? To- you know, I, I, I hear that phrase all the time. What does that mean, the guy who's got the most shots?
8: meaning he can hit it high when it's downwind. He can hit it low into the wind. You can take the spin off the ball. He can, he can put more spin on it. He can curve it both right and left because the crosswinds will kill you. When it's a, a four-club wind and you don't know how to work the ball on a crosswind, you're in big trouble when it comes to the, to the, uh, to the open. And, uh, and that's what you gotta, you're going to look for. You want to you see the, the real ball strikers.
2: We're talking to Sean Clement. Listen, Sean, thanks so much for joining us. We uh, we appreciate it. I know the Canadian Open's coming up in the next couple of weeks. In, uh, in Nether, they're in, wait, huh? they're in Glen Abbey there. this year, aren't they? Yes, sir. They're back at the Abbey, and I know you're heading down. Uh, you're heading down
8: da- the, the, the Tuesday afternoon on the practice round. I'm looking forward to seeing how the guys are going to prepare, and then uh, we can talk about it at the show on that Sunday.
2: Uh, certainly, uh, certainly, that's uh, mark that one down in the calendar. Certainly, want to collect your thoughts after seeing them up close. Uh, what you're seeing from today's top, top tour professionals. Thanks so much for joining us, Sean.
8: My pleasure, guys. Have an awesome day.
2: Thanks so much. Of course, with Sean Clement. Uh, all kidding aside, Lou, how is your golf game these days? Uh, just exactly the way you said. Try to
3: focus. <laughs> Very inconsistent.
2: <laughs> inconsistent. Anyways, I want to go back to a. Uh, we just we were just talking about Stamkos and uh, and uh, uh, Ben and. Uh, the other trade, Taylor okay. Hall for Larson. I, I, I got to tell you, it didn't make any sense to me. You got any perspective other than the desperation that the Edmonton Oilers have for a defenseman? Other than their utter desperation for a defenseman, how do you, how do, how do you logically justify well, trading one of the top forwards in the world for a mid-range defenseman? Well, nobody knows anything
3: about Larson, so you can't really say a mid-range defenseman. He he was the fourth overall taken in the year that he got drafted.
2: Luke Shen was number five, so I don't know what Uh, the point is. Was it Luke Shen? Not not the same year. Oh, okay. But, you know, the fact that somebody's drafted number four overall is not
3: necessarily meaningful. But, but anyways, it it comes down to I guess they knew that Lucic was going to sign with Edmonton, uh, and he was one of the four guys that could have brought back a right-handed shot young uh, defenseman who's got a chance to grow and be a top uh, top two or three uh, defenseman on that hockey team. Uh, right now, I'm not sure if he is a, a top two or three. I know he logged a lot of minutes with Jersey. Uh, the potential is always there. And again, the word potential, it's a big word in, in any professional sport. But um, at the end of the day, they had to get rid of... Uh, Taylor Hall to bring Lucic in to be on the on the port side of uh, of Connor McDavid. Uh, I don't think Taylor Hall would have been happy playing second fiddle to to Milan Luchich. Um, Nugent Hopkins wouldn't have brought back the return. Eberle wouldn't have brought back the return. Uh, Yakupov definitely is not going to bring it back, and I don't think they want to uh, get rid of Dreitseidel or Nurse. So. Uh, I could see where uh, Peter Chiarelli is coming with with making that deal. Whether it's is it the right deal, nobody knows the future. Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell because he is, and right-handed shot big defensemen are a dime a dozen nowadays. And you look at Shui Weber and Subban going going for each uh, for each
2: other. Lou, three minutes left. I want to bring up a topic that's near and dear to uh, my co-host uh, Naz's heart: is the Blue Jays, who've had a good run, uh, the last the last week and a half. They're they're sitting two games out uh the bats have gotten hot again even with even with your favorite baseball player Bautista not being in the lineup um Sanchez has been a revelation this year he's uh, just got selected to the all-star game Estrada has been pitching well David Price has not been pitching well in uh, in in Boston his ERA's up considerably and uh, we saved a lot of money there and Boston's not getting their money's worth uh, we're in better position than we were at this time last year. Uh, some of the young guys, uh, Saunders is uh, is playing well. Uh, things look pretty good for the Jays right now. They look like they're ready to take a run. Um, your assessment, you've been watching the Jays.
3: I, I really think right now that they are probably uh, one or two injuries away from coming back down to, to earth. So uh, I, I really liked what Barney's but done. You could say
2: that about any team. Move, I know. They're one no, or two injuries. What kind more, of a I'm, statement is more, that? Well, because
3: they, they don't have everything. They you don't, don't you're have saying the, they, they, don't they don't have, have depth? The player. No, they don't have the depth. They don't have the players they did at the trading deadline that they picked up last year. Saunders has been great.
2: Yeah.
3: Barney well, has, they,
2: they've been uh, on a run without, you know, they've well, had no Brett Cecil, no Bautista. Brett Cecil is the whole bullpen. Well, when, he, when, he, when he's pitching, he, you know, at the okay. beginning of the year, he, he hadn't well, you, found his you, strike. You, know,
3: you know my love for Batista. I, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, don't, don't go over they, they the top deer, here. I mean, you, I know you a don't like team. them. Hey, they will be a better team if they deal Batista. I know they're going to miss the bat, but you look at what Sanders has done. You look at what Smoke has done. You look at what uh, Saunders has done. You look at what Cabrera's the way he's filled in. It gives them a little di- different element. They're putting the bat on the ball right now. Batista is stri- strictly a, a home run hitter, and he could bring in the big left-handed bat that they need,
2: and they need another starter. So arms, you're, you're saying, arms. You're saying I don't think they have enough pitching trade arms. Trade Bautista at the tra- trade deadline, even if they're in the thick of the race? If they that get the deal that they sense, want.
3: Luke. If they get the deal that they want. You're going to well, get a left-handed you bat. Get,
2: you better get a player that can come in and help. Well, like that's gonna, that's you you be don't tell to play. me they're
3: going to need a starter? How do you know sanchez and uh, and Strom uh, how do you know their arms aren't going to give out you know they're they're limited to one hundred and fifty innings, I think
2: yeah, but uh, how do you know their arms aren't going to give out every, every team's got to make that assessment, not just the Jays well, well, yeah, know? but the Jays are there, and I'm not saying the Jays aren't there yeah, the but Jays aren't there. Okay. Yeah, everybody everybody wants to bring in depth yeah there's nothing wrong with bringing in depth, but you can't you can't manage a team on the basis that you know what happens if you know, are my arms going to fall apart? Well, you
3: know, sometimes you do. You better make sure you have the depth.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't disagree there. I mean, uh, right? You know, they're going to make they're going to make some they're going to make some moves at the trade deadline to bring in and give up as minimal amount of prospects as they can. They don't have any. Well, I'm sure they've got a few left. Not that many, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes along. Unfortunately, I'd love to debate this. Further with you, Lou, but uh, we're being told it's time to get off the air. Thanks so much. Uh, I know we got you on late notice on this one. And uh, thanks so much to my co-host, Naz. Uh, We'll see you back next Sunday. Missed you today. And uh, to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. Go, Milos, go. Go, Canada, go.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air